movies, but it seems to me that anybody who has a couple of brain cells could open a restaurant. I live in I live in Los Angeles, where it is one one of the one of the most highly regarded areas for cuisine, and constantly. Constantly, I'll go to places and I go, holy shit, I could have gone to Whole Foods and cooked the same fucking thing myself for a fraction of the price. What the hell is going on back there? I watch these cooking channels with Gordon Ramsay and all these, these chefs. Are you tasting the fucking food before it goes to the table? Disgusting. Zoe and her sister went to this place in Palm Desert, whatever, and they got a Branzino. And they, and they for like $20, they gave them just the fish. It didn't even come with anything. Just a fi- and, the, and the fish itself wasn't even cooked good. It was cooked in- incorrectly. And I, listen, I get simplicity of, of cuisine if it's cooked perfectly. Like I was watching this one thing one time, and this chef, this American chef was training uh, in Italy. He was training in Venice. And he said, so, you know, in Venice, all of the chefs, they take the gondolas around to the farmer's markets and all the, the produce areas and, and all of, they get all the proteins. And uh, one morning, I hopped in the gondola with a chef that I was shadowing, and we drove, we, we floated, whatever the fuck, we floated to this farmer's market, and we picked up uh, this branzino and uh, some arugula and uh, lemon. We got that, we came back, and um, the guy cooked the branzino perfectly. Just put a little bit of arugula on there. A little bit of lemon juice. He didn't even salt the fish, he says, because the fish is so fresh from the ocean. There's still a salinity in the fish from the ocean. That's how fresh it is. And the chef bit into it, and he's like, it was the best fucking thing I've ever had. And all it was was just fish, fish, arugula, and lemon juice. Well, this ain't the case in Los Angeles, folks. You, you, it's like they give you just the fish, and it's like some fucking dipshit cooked it. That uh, that fucking just got promoted from McDonald's drive-thru guy to now fucking chef de cuisine at fucking Suso Fuck You on Beverly Boulevard. You know? It, what What is going on with the food here? It's not... And listen, I know restaurants are expensive to run, and I know their profit margins are very little. I, I know that a, a restaurant, on average, nets between 0 and 5%. On average, a restaurant will break even or make 5% net. I know that's tough, but give us some better fucking food here, folks, you know? So with that being said, we're always in, in search for, for better cuisine, right? And uh, better food. And I, there was this one place I won't I won't say the name on the podcast because I really do love the place and I love the owners. They're very very nice. But there's an Italian restaurant I used to go to, and I go there sometimes now. But you know I'm at, I'm far far away from it now, so I don't really venture too uh too often over there. But there's this place I loved, I loved. And you know it's an Italian restaurant. And listen, I'm not like listen. I mean. I've said some racist things on the podcast, I know, and you know, I, you know, you know, you know, you know, I'm a good guy, but when I go into an Italian restaurant, I kind of want to see, I, I, mean, I want to see Italians, you know, I want to see Italian people in the kitchen, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to see some fat chef drinking a fucking, you know, Chianti and you know, whipping up some fucking calamad, you know, but when I go back there and and it's like a bunch of like Mexican guys. 
I mean, it makes me think for a second. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm gonna be tr- completely transparent here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna think for a second. Not that they can't make good food, but this isn't their mother's cooking. <laughs> you know what I mean? But anyway, this went to this Italian restaurant. Loved it. Went there repeatedly. I knew the fucking sommelier's name. We come over and he'd be like, "Oh, you want your your, your wine?" I'm like, "Yeah." yeah. I, I, I was a regular. And then one day I ordered this uh, burrata and like toast thing for an appetizer. And I should have known better because, you know, I like food and I'm into food and I know about food. I should have known better, but I just had been to this place so many times I just trusted it. And I got the burrata and like, you know, baguette or whatever the fuck. And the burrata was hard. And I'm like, oh, all right, well, I guess this burrata is hard. Just, you know, just, you know, guys, burrata should never be hard. And I ate it. <laughs> I was the only one that ate it because I was with my girlfriend and her sister. And they're like, I'm going to get too full. I want to eat everything else. Vinny, you have it. And I was violently ill that night. <laughs> I thought it was because I mixed a fucking gin martini and a glass of Alianico. But um, it turns out I just had bad burrata and uh, I just was violently ill. So anyway, I just, you know, that, that was like my restaurant for a while. But anyway, I'm in a slightly different part of the neighborhood now. And uh, I'm trying to find a new place. And uh, Pat texted me a couple nights ago, and he goes, hey, let's do a little double date with the ladies. Let's do a little double date. Listen, I don't know if you know me, but I actually love double dating. I love going to dinner. I love being able to spend time with my girlfriend and my friend and have, like, kind of, like, the best. And, of course, my, 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 um, my friend's girlfriend, too, Marissa. She's a podcast listener. Shout out to Marissa. Keep working hard, Marissa. Um... I, lo- I love that whole network. I love hanging out with her. I love hanging out with Zoe, and I love hanging out with Pat. And like this, the dynamic of the four of us, you know, sometimes gets like to be like guys versus girls conversations, couples versus couples conversation. It's like a, it's a fun little thing. I like it. So we go to this uh, Italian restaurant. Pat's like, "Where do you want to go?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I got, I got no, I got no idea. I, I, I don't know any good food anymore. You know, like every place lets me down, or or it's just like not." special and he goes how about this, this place it's, just, it's called Ma's Italian Kitchen and I go it's either going to be great or fucking horrible if Ma's Italian Kitchen is, is your name you're either great or you're shit you know what I mean and uh, I looked at the menu the menu looked pretty good like you know just classics just classic Italian food and um, I'm like alright great let's do it so we pull into this place so we drive separately. I drive with Zoe and then pass me, me there with his girlfriend. And um, we drive in. We pull into the thing. And it's like in a strip mall next to a Vons. I'm like, oh, my God. This could be bad. You know? Ma's Italian kitchen next to Vons and a fucking, like, FedEx place. Like, this is, this is not what you want. But the place looked really cute. And we get in there. And uh, I know this is. All right, listen. If anybody listening to this knows the answer to this question, please let me know. Are, so restaurants checking vaccination cards, is that state-mandated, city-mandated? Is it their own thing? I don't know what the fucking, like, who's doing, like, why are they doing this, you know? Um, so we get in there, and immediately, I thought he was a manager or the owner, comes up, hey, it was, you know, nice guy, but like, all right, uh, vaccination cards. And then he was doing this thing, not only was he checking the vax cards, but while you're showing him the vax card, he'd be like, and your name? Like, just in case you're using a different Vax card. And it, by the way, if you were using a different Vax card, don't you think you'd do the due diligence and remember the fucking name on the Vax card? Like, you asking me my name 
is gonna like just trump this whole fucking plan I have of sneaking one by you with the Omicron. It's like as soon as he walked in, he's like, uh, fast cards? And then he goes, my girlfriend, and what's your name? Zowie. All right, have a good meal. And he looks at me, and he's like, Vax card? And what's your name? I go, Maurice. He's like, what? Maurice? I go, yeah, Maurice. He's like, I don't have a Maurice. I'm like, I'm going to just fuck with you, pal. It's Vinny. He's like, oh, all right. Yeah, night. Good one. All right. All right. Manja, manja. Have a good one. You, you know, enjoy your meal. I'm like, yeah, all right. Off to, off to, a, off to a rough start. We're, 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 we're sandwiched between a fucking FedEx and a Vons. And he just asked me for my Vax card and also my fucking name on the Vax card. This should be terrific. We sit down, you know, but we put a boo. We're having a good time. We're out. And then our server comes over. Really nice guy. And, um, you know, Zoe orders a glass of wine. I think, I think, I don't know if Marissa gets anything, but we just, you know, just get water. And then we order three appetizers. Now... The appetizers we ordered were very run-of-the-mill, like almost like fast-foody type of as- uh, appetizers that where you can't get a great gauge of the Italian restaurant because of what we ordered. We ordered fried fried mozzarella, calamari, and then the one appetizer we did order that would give us a great great indication of the food is this um, was a burrata or a ricotta. I think it was a ricotta and meatball uh, dish with a, like a ba- on a baguette. Fried mozzarella comes out, and listen, listen, it's fried mozzarella. I mean, if you, if you fuck that up, we got a big problem. Uh, but it was good, you know, like the it was the good ratio between breading and mozzarella. The marinara sauce was good. Then we have the calamari again, kind of hard to fuck up, you know. If you fuck up calamari, we, we, there's not much to talk about. But it was good. It was crispy, not too chewy. Um, again, marinara sauce was good. Came with the lemon wedges. Pretty textbook, right? And then the fucking the big the big. Um, you know, uh, what if comes out, which is the uh, ricotta and meatball uh, thing on the baguette. The gravy with the, the sauce was delicious. The bread was great. The ricotta, fresh, and the meatball, gotta be honest with you, pretty fucking good. Pretty fucking good. Because if you fuck up a meatball, it's just, <clears throat> it's not as bad as fucking up like calamari. But if you fuck up a meatball, it's downhill. Like a meatball is a staple, like an, an Italian staple. You know, it's like if you fuck up that, it's like I can't trust you with anything. I'm a, if you fuck up a meatball, I'm going to trust you with lasagna? You fuck up a meatball, I'm going to trust you with a fucking eggplant parm? No, I'm not. You fuck up that meatball, I'm out of here. I'm saying, this guy, hey, let, let, let's cut her off with the fucking appetizers and go somewhere else, you know? But anyway, so then we order our dish. So we're, we're conversing about what we're going to get. Pat's like, um... I might get the bolognese. And then, um, I forget what Marissa gets, but I think it's something with mushrooms or something. But, she, you know, she's like, I want to get this. And then I go, um, I kind of want to split the special, which is an eight ounce filet with mashed potatoes and like a kind of like a bourgeois, like a steak, uh, red wine steak sauce gravy and the chicken piccata. And Zoe's like, I like that. I like that. I like, I'm like, I'm like, it'll be a great. Great combination. The chicken piccata is very like acidic and like bright, and then that that steak is gonna be very fatty and rich. I go, this would be a good combination. And she's like, well, how do you want it cooked? I'm like, well, we got it. We gotta get it medium rare. And she goes, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we can get medium rare. So as soon as the waiter comes over, he goes, uh, have you all set? We're all set. And we're like, yep. And then he looks at Zoe. You start us off. And instead of Zoe saying we're gonna split this and that, she just says. 
I'm going to do the special. And the waiter goes, fuck yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Excellent choice. I've been pushing it all night. It's delicious. And I'm just sitting there with my fucking dick in my hand going like, I'm not going to get the ordering special gratification like good job. And he goes, and how do you want it cooked? And she goes, medium rare. And he goes, dad, a girl. Getting steak cooked past medium rare. Why even get a steak? And I'm like, this is, I, I developed the game plan and she's getting all the credit. And then he looks at me and he goes, and for you? And I go, the chicken piccata. He goes, uh-huh. And for you, sir, to Pat, I'm like, this is, we had, I, Korea, it was my idea to split the special and the piccata difference, because by them, the piccata by themselves, the the chicken piccata by itself is just like, all right, yeah, I got fucking chicken piccata. It's kind of it's kind of like getting like a, a Whopper at McDonald's or whatever, right? Or Burger King, whatever the fuck that sandwich is from. It's very basic, but you split them. It shows diversity in palate and a great combination of dishes. And she just left me fucking hanging. And then Pat orders. And he goes, I'll have the bolognese. And but can I add salami to that? And the chef and the um the waiter goes, <clears throat> Yeah, sure. Uh, so you want to add salami to the bolognese? And Pat's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So I have this, I have that, da 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 da. You get you're getting the special. Medium red, that's my girl. That's my girl. I might fuck you tonight because you have good taste. And your boyfriend getting the chicken piccata is a pussy. So so he can go fuck himself. If he tries to fight me, I'll try to beat him. I'll beat him up because he just got the chicken piccata. But you, the special eight-ounce filet, mashed potatoes, gravy, medium rare. That's my, that's my girl. But uh, the rest of you can fuck yourself. I'm like, all right. So he leaves. And... Uh, he comes and then and then the fucking chef comes over, which is which is the guy who was checking the vax cards and the owner. So he's not actually cooking, but it, these are all his dishes. And he comes over and he goes, "Excuse me, um, who who ordered my uh, my bolognese with the salami?" And Pat's like, "Oh, that 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 was that, that was me." He's like, <laughs> "You ordered my uh, bolognese with salami." And Pat's like, is this is this no good? I just, you know, I <laughs> my bolognese. As soon as he starts referring to it as my bolognese, I'm fucking. I want to blow this dude. Like I'm so into this. My bolognese, um, it simmers for eight hours, <laughs> and uh, it's perfectly seasoned. And you adding a salami to my bolognese, it's gonna be too salty. But if you stuck on the salami with the bolognese, uh, looks like I can't stop you. And Pat's like, no, 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 please, 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 uh, th- 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 remove it. And he goes, okay, okay. And sure enough, bolognese comes out. It's fucking delicious the way it is. If you added salami, it would have fucking ruined it. And uh, and just to just, so Italian, not only him coming over, telling him he's doing something wrong, referring to it as my bolognese, but he gave us a free sea salt caramel tapioca fucking pudding with uh, creme fraiche on top for free just for the inconvenience of coming over to the table and let me tell you ma's kitchen will be coming back and welcome to the podcast folks this is just count to 10 i am your host Vinny falcone and this is the anger management podcast that won't help you with your anger that's right baby we'll just get angry together now folks not that angry of an intro not that angry of an episode as you can tell by the title this is what i really want to get into um i this whole intro was way longer than I thought. I'm, I'm like 15 minutes in. I mismanaged my time. But I really want to tell this story. Uh, this episode is not going to be me bitching and complaining. It's actually just a really cool story about me catting uh, for my idol. 
So sorry if it's not going to be too, uh, you know, up to the usual alley of the uh, of the podcast. But anyway, so I caddied at a country club, caddied at Hillcrest Country Club. And, um, you know, part of the reason why I took that job is because of all the connections and people I can meet. And, you know, obviously I'm pursuing comedy and I have my comedy icons. And, you know, these people mean a lot to me because they are my, you know, the driving force in why I pursue comedy. They obviously have great influence on my sense of humor. And at the end of the day, it's something that I can just turn on and zone out and just like forget about life. And they make me happy, you know. So I was at work on Friday. And I usually only work there Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And I work at the restaurant on the weekends. But Friday I'm in there and my and both the managers are in the office and they go, So can you work uh can you work tomorrow on Saturday? And I go, No, nah, sorry, man, I'm I'm at I'm at the restaurant, I can't do it. And they're like, Really? Well, if you work tomorrow on Saturday, we'll really make it worth your while. And I go, uh, what do you mean? And they go, Well, Riviera Country Club is shut down because of the Pro Am. So a lot of Riviera people are playing here and if you work here tomorrow, we'll put you on Larry David's bag. And I go, what? And they go, yeah, yeah. You work here tomorrow, get your shift covered, and um, you get the caddy for Larry David. And I, there are a few people that I get would get starstruck around. It's Larry David, Keith Richards, you know Jerry Seinfeld, Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, like very, very select few people I get, you know, Nervous around, you know, celebrity shocks, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And Larry David is one of them. And immediately I text my bartender, my my buddy, my dude, can you please cover my shift? I have an opportunity to, to caddy for Larry David tomorrow. And he goes, I'm there. I'm, I'm you're I'm you're you're good. Shift's covered. I'm working. Go fucking kill it, man. And I text my I, I told my manager, all right, guys, I'm I'm in, I'm in. Shift's covered. I'm there tomorrow. It's gonna be awesome. And my my manager Brad goes, yeah, it'll be right. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I, I caddied for him once, and he is uh, not that pleasant. I'm like, really? He's like, I mean, he's just he's just very honest. You know, if he's a good read, he'll say good read. If it's a bad read, he'll say, wow, that was a bad read. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God. You tell me this after I commit to it? But anyway, Friday, I'm on cloud nine. I, I call my mom. I call my uncle, my dad. You know, Seinfeld and Kirby Enthusiasm are my two favorite sitcoms of all time they're brilliant i think i think he's brilliant and i just i cannot i cannot wait so like friday i'm just nervous as shit and i in fact, actually friday's the night i went out to dinner with uh, everybody uh, you know uh, double date i'm just nervous as shit i take an edible to try to fucking calm down and i just i just i just i cannot stop thinking about it i'm like oh my god this is this is fucking amazing Saturday morning, I get up super early. I, I can't even fucking sleep. I'm driving to work. I left early because I wanted to get there early because I just I couldn't I couldn't sit still in my apartment. I'm like I I get not only not only do I get to meet Larry David today, but I get to hang out with him for five hours. When am I when when am I ever gonna have this opportunity again? And I'm driving to work and I'm just over the hill and I'm trying and, I, and I'm, I'm about to go through the security but I'm at the stoplight right before I get to the security box and I turn the radio off and I'm in my car I'm by myself and I'm silenced and one part of me is so 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 excited that I get to meet my hero 
And the other part of me is like, fuck, what if he's a prick? You know, like, what if he's, what if we don't get along? Because it's not, it's not just me meeting him. I'm basically working for him. You know, what if I do a bad job? What if he doesn't like me? It's like, am I, if he's a dick to me, like, can I watch Seinfeld and Curb again? You know? But anyway, I go through the gate and I'm like, fuck it. Let's just do it, man. And, uh, I, you know, get my shit on and I'm walking up to the, I'm walking up to the, to the first T slash like the range and I'm walking down. I'm just like, there's butterflies in my stomach. I just, uh, I can't, I can't tell you. It's, it's, it was a lot. It's, it's overwhelming, honestly. And I get to the range and I'm like, where is he? And everyone knows what I'm talking about. They're like, he's, he's right there. <sighs> so I walk over. I'm like, morning, sir. I'm, I'll be your caddy today. And he's like looking at me like, and your name? And I'm like, my name is Vinny. He's like, Vinny, what's going on? Larry, nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you. He's like, are you sure you're, you're our caddy? I'm like, you're, you're the uh, 1224 tea time, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, 1224. All right, cool, nice. And then to the right of me is his buddy who he's playing with. And he goes, hey, nice to meet you. My name is uh, Lloyd Braun. And I'm like, Lloyd Braun? And if you're any Seinfeld fan, Lloyd Braun is a name of the character in Seinfeld. Um, he was working for Mayor Dinkin. And George's mom wanted George to be like Lloyd because, like, Lloyd was very successful. So, you know, in the episode, like, George's mom would kept saying, like, why can't you be more like Lloyd Braun? And it was like, he had, like, two different arcs in the show. But it was just like, it was a fucking Seinfeld boner to be like, okay, this is the guy. This, like, you know, I thought it was just a random name. But this is the guy that was based off of the character. It's Larry's buddy. And I'm fucking playing him. It's like a piece of Seinfeld history that no, that few people probably know. You know, and then I play and then I meet this other guy in the group. His name is Rick Crane. He, he uh, invented Seven's jeans and his name was used in a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode because Larry just loves his name. He's like, yeah, one day Larry came over to me. He was like, Rick Crane, man, I love that name. Rick Crane. Can I use that in a Curb episode? And I think it was in the uh, like the, the stop and chat episode. But anyway. So I'm like, holy shit, Larry Lloyd, Rick Crane. Just like fucking this is overload, man. This is fucking overload. But the guy I'm catting with, he's like, he's like, you probably want Larry, right? I'm like, no, I want to be, I want to be on Larry's bag. He's like, all right, okay, fine. So they have, uh, it's four people, and like the, the fourth guy is a, is a Hillcrest member who's this great fucking dude, like super cool guy. So it's four guys, but they also have two carts. They want to walk, and they want like me to carry. They want like me to like, drive their cart, but they want to walk and stuff. So I have Lloyd and Larry's bags on my uh, my cart. So we get to the first tee, and Lloyd goes to Larry. Larry. So no shorts? And Larry's like, no, no, never shorts. Never shorts. It's like, why no shorts? Just never never do it, never do it. Ne- never do shorts. And, and, I, and, I have, and I have beautiful legs too, by the way. I have very nice legs. We're all laughing and shit. I have very nice legs. But I just can't spare the sunscreen. I cannot stand the fact that I have to put sunscreen on my legs. So no, never shorts. And the guy that I'm with is like, have, have you tried this, this spray sunscreen? And he's like, eh, spray sunscreen. Not bad. And I go, and Larry, it'd be cooling, too, on a hot day like this. And he gives me a look. He's like, you want to say? Yeah, not a bad idea. <laughs> Just like already we've had like such a curb your enthusiasm, seinfeld experience, um, like kind of conversation. So like, you know, I'm fucking just, I, I'm so hard. I'm so fucking hard right now. Like I'm so into this shit. So um, 
first hole, you know, like nothing crazy. Da, 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 we get on the re- and I, you know, I'm giving him reads too and stuff. Get on the green, nothing crazy. Hole two, we get on there, you know, nothing crazy. Like just, you know, he's kind of quiet, but like, you know, still fun. Hole three, again, nothing crazy until we get to the green, right? So he hits his approach shot on the green, and um, he's like above the flag, meaning like uh, he's a downhill putt. It's very fast, but he's in the rough. But just slightly. And all he has to do is like just get out of the rough and it's going to release down to the pin. It's very, very fast. And um, he has his putter in his hand. And I go, Larry, are you sure you want your putter? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to putt it. I'm like, all right. So he putts it and it just it doesn't go well. And he's like, oh, my God. have you? What a fucking idiot am I? Who would putt this? Who would putt this? And I'm like, ah, it's okay. He's like, I should have listened to you. Who would putt this? What an idiot. And I'm like, oh, it's all right. It's all right. He's like, all right, what do you see here? And I'm like, it's, you know, two balls on the right downhill. Hits a horrible putt. He goes, wow, have you seen a worse putt? Have you seen a worse putt? How embarrassing. <laughs> just like so Larry David. And I go, you know, just so you know, Larry, half my job as a caddy is taking the blame. So if you want to blame me, it's totally okay. Blame you? Vinny, how can I blame you? Did you hit the putt? Did you hit that shitty, embarrassing putt? Or did I hit the putt? I'm like, you hit the putt, Larry. He's like, yeah, I hit the putt. I can't blame you. And I'm just like, this guy's fucking awesome. Like, let, this is fucking Larry David. And then four, you know, nothing crazy happens. And then um, uh, after the fourth hole, before the fifth, there's this like little, like, you know, they call it Crestview. It's a little, like, snack area you can hit. And it has everything you can dream of in terms of food. It's fucking awesome. So he like loads up on some food and then we tee off and um, I get into the golf cart and everyone's walking down and I'm, I start driving down. But I look to my right and I guess in the snack area, Larry got a tuna cup. So his tuna cup is on the seat. Ne- Larry David's tuna cup is next to me on the golf seat. And I see like he's already started to walk down. So, you know, strategically, I pick his tuna cup up by the lid of the cup. Um, so that way I'm not touching the mouth of the fork. And as I start to drive down, he immediately turns back because he realizes, oh, shit, I forgot my tuna cup in the cart. And I see him, and I, I have the tuna cup in my hand. So my thumb is on the lid, my other fingers are, on, are beneath the thing, and the fork is sandwiched in between the lid and the container. And I go, I'm driving down, and I go, here you go, Larry. And Larry, just so you know, I did not touch the mouth of the fork. Your fork is clean. And he he, he laughs, and he's like, oh, okay, okay, good, nice, nicely done. And, and you know, just like, you know, shit like I feel like you would appreciate. So I drive down, you know, in the fifth hole, nothing crazy. Sixth hole, hits it like, he just hits a horrible shot. It's a hard par three. And he has to, like, walk a long way to his ball. I can't drive him because the cart will get stuck because um, you can't drive in the rough. So he just he's just miserable. And like, he's, like, not playing well. And he comes back, and he's just like, he's like, I might quit after nine. And everyone's like, no, Larry, don't quit after nine. Come on. He's like, no, 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 I, I might quit. But like, why? He's like, because I'm not having fun. I'm playing like shit. And everyone's just like, oh, well, yeah, pretty good, you know, pretty good excuse. But I'm just like, oh, my God, like, if he's he's probably going to quit after nine. I just want to hit one long putt with him. I, ju- I just want to, like, hit one long putt together. Can I just please have that before he quits at nine? But we're on the seventh tee box. We, he tees off, and he's kind of just spraying it all over the hole. It's not not a great hole. But we're on the green, and uh, we have like a 12 to 15-foot putt. And he looks at me. He goes, like, what do you see? And I'm like, a little uphill, ball and a half on the left. He's like, all right. Hits the putt. 
and fucking drains it. And everyone's just like, Larry, what a nice putt. Holy shit. Fucking A-man. What a great putt. He's like, yeah, you know what? I just stopped giving a shit. And they're like, fucking A-man. What a dude. That was a long putt. Good job. And he turns to me and he hands me the putter and he goes, and good read too, by the way. And I just, everybody, if I was ice cream, I would have melted. I just, oh God, I just, <laughs> I almost, I almost heard crying. I'm like, oh my God. Everything I wanted, I just, I wanted to hit one long putt with him. He said, good read. It's my idol. We're just hanging out. I, it's amazing. It's amazing. We tee off on eight. He hits a bad shot. I'm like, fuck, he's definitely quitting after nine. But I find it in the woods. He's like, you found that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a shot, too. He punches out. Good shot. Then he hits his approach shot. He's on the green. And then from his approach shot, which is like 140 out, he hops in the cart with me. So now, now I'm riding in the cart with Larry David. Our knees touched at one point. My knee touched his knee. My knee touched Larry David's knee. And we're driving in the cart. And it's just the two of us. And then he turns to me and goes, I got, I got a question for you. And then he asked me this golf question, and I won't bore you with the question because if you're not a golfer, it doesn't really make any sense. But he asked me this golf question, and for like you know a solid minute and a half, two minutes, I'm just talking to him, just looking in his eyes. He's extremely like into what I'm saying, so he's very attentive, and he's looking at me. We're having this conversation, and I'm teaching him something about golf, and he's super receptive. He asked me about it, and at the end of the conversation, he's like, all right, cool. Thank you. All right, all right good to know. I appreciate that. Makes sense. I'm just like, oh my god! I just, I just fucking, I just like, oh my god! This is so cool. And then we're on the eighth green. He's like, what do you see? And I'm like, um, two balls on the left. And he hits it like three feet in the left. And then he just proceeds to have, just like a, just like the best Larry David meltdown. Just like, oh my god, how <laughs> embarrassing! I, I'll tell you guys. I am so bad at this game. If I was as bad at golf as I am with my life, I wouldn't leave the house. This is just, this is so bad. Have you seen have you seen anybody play this game worse? And we're all, like me, his two other buddies, the other Hillcrest member, the other caddy, we're all just laughing and looking at each other, just going like, like, you know, obviously no words were said, but we're just looking at each other, all thinking, oh my, guys, we're, right now we're, seeing Larry David be Larry David. We're all laughing. This is the best. He's like putting on a show right now. And we're all just living in this for free. And we're just like around this. I mean, I think the best comedy writer ever. And we're all just like super pumped and happy that we're experiencing this. I know this sounds so gay, but like, you know, fuck you. It's not, you know, it's like, it was just really cool. And then um, we tee off on nine, and he hits a horrible drive. I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is Larry's last hole. And um, you know, we're driving up the fairway, and it's not going well. And then finally, we're by the green, and uh, you know, the last guy hits his approach shot, and I just drive Larry up to the car path. So you know, now it's th- the whole group is on the green, and just Larry and I are on the car path. And we're probably 30 to 40 yards away from the green, and you know, elevated up at least 20 to 30 feet. So we're very, very, very secluded away from the group. So just like, we're just kind of talking. And he hands me um, some money and he's like, this is for you. And I'm like, oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm like, you're, you're packing it in? He's like, he's like, yeah, I just fucking miserable day. I'm just, this is not good. 
And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, it, it, it happens. And we're just standing there, and he's putting his head covers on his clubs, and I go, you know, Larry, I got to say, I am just such an unbelievably big fan. I love everything you do, and, you know, latest season of Curb was just so, so funny. And just everything he says following this is just with, like, pure sincerity. And he's just like, oh, th- thank you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. Thank you. I'm like, yeah, yeah no worries. I mean, you make another, another season? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're writing it right now. And I go, I have to ask you because I'm standing in front of you. Are you hiring writers? And he's like, oh, <laughs> no, no. I, no, we're not hiring writers. I, I, just, I just write it with my friends. And I'm like, all good. I mean, I, I've heard that that's the case, but, you know, I'm here in front of you. I had to ask. He's like, no, no, yeah, yeah of course. He's like, you're, so you're, you're a writer? I'm like, yeah, I write. He's like, you're a comedy writer? I'm like, yep. He's like, that's fantastic. That's awesome, man. Good for you. Where are you from? I'm like, oh, I'm from New Jersey. He's like, oh, fuck yeah. That's awesome. Good for you. Well, yeah, you know, keep at it, man. Good, good for you. And then everyone comes over. They finish their putts, and they, and they walk up. And they're like, Larry, you're quitting? what he's like he's like he's like in the in the last words to larry to uh, the last words to the group from larry before i drove him up to the pro shop was yeah you know every, everyone hates a quitter but you know what I, i'm gonna quit i'm quitting <laughs> everyone laughs and then i just i take off i drive up to the pro shop and i'm just like again larry it was a pleasure the season was awesome you and that woman the councilwoman had like tremendous chemistry and you guys are fucking awesome he's like oh man i really appreciate all the kind words and then, like, the whole day, he was kind of, like, like, giving everyone fist bumps. But when he got out of the cart, he, uh, like, gave me a like, you know, wide-open handshake. And he's like, hey, maybe we'll do it again sometime. My club is closed down for the next couple of weeks, so maybe I'll be back here. And I'm like, yeah, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be a pleasure. And he gave me a nice big handshake. And, um, I mean, God, my apartment could have burned down and I wouldn't have been upset. It was just an amazing day. I got to meet my idol we hit it off we you know hit that long putt together and he was not a dick to me at all even like me shamelessly asking if he's hiring writers you know just like just a fucking like can I suck your dick like just like a fucking you know so I know this isn't the uh, the usual podcast I wasn't very angry because uh I'm still fucking on cloud nine you know I still have a scorecard in my (laughs) my drawer um so hey that's my story, and the old saying, uh, you shouldn't meet your heroes, eh, can be bullshit, because sometimes they're, they're pretty cool people and nice guys. And uh, whether it was an act or whether you were s- s- sincere, I couldn't tell. Um, but I had a, a great time with them, and it was a dream come true. So, guys, thanks for listening. Next week I'll come back, and I'll be super fucking pissed about something. And um, hope you enjoyed the different kind of podcast it was, and I appreciate all of you. See you next week. Bye.